This is Novel Marketing, the show for novelists who aren't necessarily fond of marketing, but still want to become best-selling authors. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Thomas Umstadt, Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about three marketing mindsets to adopt for the rest of the year to make 2017 the best ever. Uh, and these are and, some goals and, you should see. And, and we're going to be talking about three goals to seriously consider making. Right. Uh, but first, though, I've got to tell you, I uh, recently, uh, so as you know, we got married. And one of the things we got for our wedding, a lot of people gave us smart home devices. Uh, so we got an Echo Dot and some smart light bulbs. And I've been like configuring my house. And uh, I grew up watching Star Trek. And so I configured it where I can say, computer, turn on the lights. And it's like, doo -doo -doo, and turns the lights on, you know? So it doesn't quite, I can't quite yet say, computer, Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> but I'm, it's getting close. But my wife never watched Star Trek. <laughs> so she does know, like, it totally weirds oh, her out. She's right? like, our house is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> At first, she was she was not a fan of this like other person I'd brought into the marriage that like we could talk to and it would turn lights on and change the thermostat and stuff like that. But it's been kind of a a fun journey of uh, trying to create Star Trek world. In oh, I the love that. Day. So she, so Margaret doesn't wa like the fact that someone is watching, someone is listening. No, she she's she's come around, but at first, yeah, at first, she's like, I don't know about this. This is kind of weird. But uh, okay, it's, it's Thomas, I have to ask you about the fact that because I've crashed at Thomas's apartment a number of times before he moved into this house. So you have moved from let's just call it uh, graciously a small apartment into this huge, cool house. What's that like? Uh, it's it's amazing, and not only that, but I'm now living with an actual woman who has actual taste and like decoration and like decor. <laughs> and so it's like my life is totally different now. I love it's, it. Uh, yeah, I've gone from bachelor like sterile bachelor pad to actual home. So, uh, and I hear you're going to be suffering in Hawaii, speaking at a writers conference there for a week. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That that's true. Uh, I guess by the time this airs, I'll, I'll probably be back. But yes, and that's it's actually thanks to Thomas that I get to go to this thing. And uh, what did you say to me about if if you if you ever go, they'll never invite me back or something like that. Yeah, they fell in love with you, and now that's that's your gig. So congrats. I don't know. I don't know. That. Next year is probably yours. All right. So let's talk about uh, some marketing mindsets and. You know, often, like last episode, we were talking about something very practical. It's like, you need an author headshot. Every author needs a headshot. It's very practical. This seems a little squishy, Dim. Why Why is mindset important? Why can't I know. We just talk it's about all the in the material. It's, it's in our head. It's the way we think. Um, I guess the reason is because as a man thinketh, so is he. Our perception, our perspective, the way we look at each day and the way we look at at the rest of the year is is critical to our success. And since we're uh, just past that halfway point in the year, I think it makes sense to say what is going to happen until December 31st. All right. So what are some mindsets that uh, we should have moving into the rest of this year? One of the things you can get into your mind is that you want to promote yourself everywhere and anywhere. Because you never know when somebody is going to come along that could start your book selling like wildfire. You're never going to know when you're going to come along and see somebody or meet somebody that can help you significantly with your career, with your promotion, with getting uh, the information about you out to the public. So, for example, when I travel, typically when you are traveling, you interact with a gate agent or someone. And what are they taught to say? 
they're taught to say, how are you doing? How is your day to day? And so typically what I say is I say, well, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm living my dream. Well, they're going to follow up and say, well, what do you mean living your dream? Well, since I was a kid, I wanted to be a novelist and, and I'm just wrapping up writing my ninth novel. You're kidding. People are intrigued by this. You give them your card, da, 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 da. I've done this for the last, well, it's 2017. So I've done this for the past seven years. And I get emails from these people all the time where they go, well, I ended up picking up one of your books and I loved it, et cetera, et cetera. So think about promoting yourself everywhere you go. You never know when you're going to run into another reader. Another and thing I... That oh. way of engaging with folks, it's way more positive than what they normally get. So normally people are all like all grumbly and complaining. But if you're looking at the world as all of these people might buy my book, it kind of forces you to be a nicer person to people. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. Um, the other thing I do is in every city I go into, I'm, I'm traditionally published. And so whenever I am traveling, I go into the Barnes and Noble and I will, first of all, see if my books are on the shelf. And then if they are, I'll go and say, hey, can I talk to the store? manager. Again, the manager, the store manager gets more complaints than they get positives. So I say to them, I just want to thank you for carrying my books. Now, the reality is the store manager doesn't decide whether they're going to carry the books or not. But just the fact that I thank them, I interact with them. I've had store managers go, oh, well, gosh, we got to get you out on the front table. So anytime you have a chance, and you don't want to do it in a pushy salesman way, but anytime you have a chance to interact with people, tell them about your dream really positive things can come out of that. Right. And the, again, the key is you do it in a way where it brightens their day. So your yes. attitude is of thankfulness and of gratitude and of optimism. It's not like desperation. There's no perfume titled desperation. It's not <laughs> attractive. Uh, if you're desperate, uh, it will turn people away. But if you're thankful and optimistic, that mindset really does make it easier uh, to sell your book. Another mindset that we want to encourage you to adapt is to drop the excuses. It's, mm. it, and by this we mean, it, it, we don't mean this to be negative, but seriously, it's okay if you don't want to write. And if you are beating yourself up going, oh, I need to write, I need to write, I need to write, and you're not doing it and you're beating yourself up for it, maybe you just say, you know what, I'm putting this aside for six months. I, I was in an environment uh, when I was in my 20s and 30s where I want to write, I want to write, I want to write. And one day my wife comes to me and she says, you know what, Jim, this might, this just not might be your season and that's okay. And that was actually quite freeing. So maybe it's not the season for you and that's okay. But on the other hand, if it is your season and you know it is, that's where you got to say, you know what? I'm giving up the show. I'm giving up binging on that show. And I'm going to only binge on one show during this season. And the rest of the time I'm going to write. I'm going to give up on that 20 minutes of sleep in the morning. I'm going to get up and write. So you need to make a choice in your mind. How important is it? Is it truly a priority? That's really good. Uh, the third mindset is to find your confidence. <laughs> so now that you are po more positive and now that you are no longer making excuses, it's time to actually have the confidence to do it. Tell us about that, Jim. Well, this is the hardest mindset to stay with. And I would love to tell you after nine novels that I believe in myself, but I don't. I, I mean, seriously, you have to, you have to get up every morning and make the conscious choice to say, you know what? I can't control my circumstances, but I can control what I let into my mind. 
and I can control my perception of my circumstances. And, and that is so much the difference in being a successful novelist or not. It's saying, I can do this. I have been designed to do this. This is my desire. This is my destiny. I am going to do it. I'm going to take the step and the next step and the next step and the next step. Now, I, I'm at the stage in my career where I can look back and it does help me to say, well, I've done it nine times before. I can probably do it again. But when I was first starting out, I still had the mindset of, I believe I've been called to be a writer. So I am going to step into that. I'm going to choose by my mindset because I believe we can control how we think. I'm going to choose to believe this is something I can do. There's a wonderful moment in the movie, The Two Towers, which I think I may be the only person who, or that's my favorite of the three Lord of the Rings films. Most people like the first or the third one more, but I love the two... Actually, no, this may be from Return of the King, come to think of it. Anyway, it's about the Riders of Rohan. <laughs> and uh, no, this is from the third one. Okay, anyway, I still love this Two Towers better, but this this one scene's from the third one. And it's, um, they're gathering, the Riders of Rohan are gathering to fight off the this big orc army. And they're walking around, they're like, we don't have enough spears. You know, there's not enough men, or there's no way that we can defeat the armies of Mordor. Somebody's reporting this to the king. And he's like, yes but we will meet them in battle nonetheless. <laughs> it was like, I love that attitude. It's like, oh, I don't have what it takes to write this book. You know, whatever that that negative mindset is, it's like, yes, but I'm going to write the book nonetheless. Like, I'm just going to do it. And that, like, just make it happen attitude is so empowering because it it's kind of like, okay, so what? <laughs> it's like, this is what has to happen. We have to meet them in battle. You know, we don't want the world to be overrun by orcs. And you don't want the world, you know, your life to end without this book or without this story going out into the world to, to make a difference. And so just do it nonetheless. I like that. Find your inner writer of Rohirrim. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, Thomas, because that, uh, that, that proves the axiom or supports the axiom that, it, that, that says emotion follows action not the other way around. And I think us novelists, us creative types are very emotional. That's what makes our stories powerful. We can tap into those things, but we get caught in our own web of emotion. It's like, I, I, I got to feel good about myself before I start writing instead of going, no, I'm going to start writing and then I will feel good about myself. Yeah. One thing my mentor, one of my mentors kept telling me is it's a lot easier to act your way into a new way of feeling than it is to feel your way into a new way of acting. Mm, that's good. Because you, if you control your actions, your feelings often will follow. In fact, there's a whole different way of viewing emotions that emotions are how we give context to the world. <laughs> They're not what define us. It's how we define the world around us. And that's what an emotion is. And different cultures actually have different concepts for what emotions are. And it changes how they interpret various things around them. And so don't be ruled. If you're not ruled by emotions, uh, you will find that you do a lot more writing <laughs> and you're a lot happier with the writing that you do do. A bonus mindset. We said we were going to give you three. Here's a bonus mindset. And this might be the most important one. When we are kids, when we are children on the playground or, or we're given uh, crayons or Legos or we're doing a tea party, we are doing this creative, fun thing. We are creating and we would not call it work. We would call it play. We played when we were kids. Play with your stories, be on the playground, be having the tea party, be working with the Lego or the crayons or whatever else it is. Play. Yeah, making it fun and enjoying it really does uh, change the way you see it. And often something that could be scary becomes fun if you approach it with an attitude of play. And, you know, a four-year-old, 
they write stories. In fact, I just read a really fun story written by a four-year-old, and it was so simple. And like the font was like font thirty-five, right? Because it was like scratched <laughs> with like crayon. And the sentences were like super like simplistic, but it was a fun story. And and there was no one being there was no like fear of the editor or the audience in the mind of this four-year-old. Right. Right. Just, she just wrote, you know, what she knew, and she wrote about going to Disney World. And it was a very exciting – well, it wasn't all that exciting, but it did have some drama. <laughs> you know? But, um, you know, find that inner four-year-old, the the yeah. artist that isn't afraid. And the more that you're able to connect with that, uh, your sense of childlike wonder, uh, the easier it'll be. Uh, you know, Jesus actually talked about this, about the kingdom of heaven. You have to be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And in a sense, it's also true with writing. You have to find that – especially as a novelist, I think, if you want your story to be fun, that sense of whimsy, that sense of exploration and discovery, as you discover that, it will help you as an author uh, quite a bit. All right, Thomas, we've talked about four mindsets to have for the next, uh, the rest of the year. Let's talk about three concrete goals for the rest of the year. All right, bringing it down. So (laughs) concrete goal number one is to review your website. Uh, go to your website and look for things that you can improve. Try to look at your website from the eyes of someone who has never been uh, to your website before. Uh, there's some great online tools that can help you do this. One is called WooRank. It's W-O-O-R-A-N-K. We'll have a link to this at uh, the show notes, novelmarketing.com slash 99 for episode 99. And another uh, great tool is called Website Grader. And it will give your website a grade and it'll give you some things to fix about your website. Also, I'd encourage you to listen to our past episodes where we talk about author websites. Incorporate some of those things into your website uh, this year. Number two goal is review your social media profiles on Amazon, Goodreads, Facebook, Twitter, where Pinterest, wherever you are involved social media wise, you might find out that the shot of you is three or four years old and you need to update that. You're going to see some things that when you look with a critical eye where you're going to go, oh, wow, that should be changed. This should be changed. One of the things you can do is grab some people that might not even be social media savvy. Bring them in and say, gosh, I'm too close to this. Could you take a look? What are the impressions you get? I do this, obviously, Thomas and I do this for each other all the time. I do this with my wife all the time because she is not in publishing in any way, shape, or form. And so she'll come and see things that even my friends like Thomas wouldn't see because he's in the industry. So we encourage you to review your social media profiles as well. And we're not necessarily saying spend a lot of time on social media, like actively putting out content, if that's not a part of your strategy, but just make sure that your profiles are up to date. Consider this your friendly reminder to change your you know, batteries on your smoke detectors. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and go. then finally, uh, consider going to a conference. Uh, this, if it's been a while since you've been to a writer's conference, uh, now is a great time to get refreshed and recharged and encouraged and educated. All of those things happen at a good conference, and you'd be surprised how many conferences are around your area. A lot of towns, the local smaller conferences tend to be less expensive and you tend to have a lot more access to the speakers. Uh, But you can also go to some of the big ones. Uh, Jim, I think you're speaking at ACFW this year. Yeah, speaking at ACFW this year and also be at OCW this year as well. So a couple of really strong conferences, one on the West Coast in Oregon and then ACFW will be in Dallas this year. So and we will have links to those uh, as well. 
Um, this episode has been brought to you by uh, the five-year uh, marketing plan, which uh, we actually have a funny story about this. We talked about this in the last episode about the pricing going up. And Jim, somebody contacted you with a question about the pricing. Yeah, they asked me a question and they, they said, so are you offering your five-year program for $24 a year or is it $24, $24 a month? <laughs> What's the answer and to that, Thomas? <laughs> the correct answer is it's actually right now it's just a one-time fee of $24, which we're realizing for the entire is, thing <laughs> for the entire for all five years. And we're thinking that was too low of a price. We kind of blew it on the pricing on this. Uh, and so we are raising it and we, we, we have now decided what the new price is. The new price is going to be a one-time uh, fee of $49.99. Um, which is still way cheaper than twenty four ninety nine a month, uh, which is what, uh, or a year even. Um, but we haven't kicked that pricing in yet. So there's still time if you want to get, um, a, a, you know, a blow-by-blow plan from going from zero to best-selling author in five years. No, no sh- shortcuts, just exactly the fundamentals of what you need to do to get there. It will still be guaranteed, both the twenty four ninety nine and the forty nine ninety nine, depending on when you hear this and when you sign up. Uh, it's uh, there's a five year guarantee. So if you do the work and you don't get the results, we will give you your money back. That's how confident we are that this will work at getting you to be a best selling author. Oh, should we tell them where to go, Thomas? Maybe that's a, that's a good idea. Oh, Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a little embarrassing. So this is a marketing podcast. We have studied. We do know marketing. Yeah, so go to novelmarketing.com and click on the five-year course button in the uh, menu uh, to go there. And actually, one other thing we need to uh, remember, our 100-episode live event. Uh, thank you for those of you who have signed up for that. It's on July 11th at 7 p.m. It's not too late. Oh, and I should say 2007 because people binge this years later. So this is uh, – sorry, not 2007, 2017. <laughs> at 7 p.m. on July 11th, Central Time, uh, you can sign up for that. Again, it's a free event. We encourage you to come. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be giving away uh, cool giveaways, and uh, it'll be a chance to interact with us live um, on – July 11th, go to novelmarketing.com to sign up. And you have been listening to James L. Rubart, bestselling author, and Thomas Umstadt Jr., CEO of Author Media, uh, on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.